0: You know, if you grew up going to church, then you watch that video and you can probably laugh at some of that stuff. You know, uh, If you didn't grow up in church, uh, those guys probably seem like they're speaking a foreign language. Uh, the Christian world has sort of developed uh, this sort of insider speak. Words and phrases that have been steeped in our small little circles that only make sense to us. And you might would call it Christianese. Uh, One of the things that we have decided to try to do here at Fort City, though, is not to use these insider words. When it comes to the way we speak, we want to remove any obstacles out of the way of a person understanding what we're trying to say. Uh, We want to speak in a way that if a person walks in the doors on a Sunday morning for the very first time, never having met a Christian in their life, uh, that they'll be able to understand what we're saying. Uh, But just for the fun of it, uh, we're going to play a game, I'm going to put some Christian phrases on the screen, and then I'm going to show you their English translation. So the first one is, the Lord works in mysterious ways, which really means I'm totally clueless and I don't know what to tell you, right? If somebody ever tells you that, that's what they mean. Uh, The next one is you just have to put it in God's hands, and that just means don't expect me to help you solve this problem we're a real compassionate crew and then this is my favorite oh bless their heart really means that person's an idiot right that's that's what we mean when we say oh bless their heart um, we don't want to have to translate everything we say here at Fort City and we, so, so we try to speak the language of our city uh, we try to talk in the same way that you talk to your coworkers, or you would talk to your uh, kids friends parents at the soccer games we, we want to speak their language uh, but one of the words uh, uh, gets used sometimes in a way that makes me cringe is the word blessed. It's a very Christian word. Uh, like if someone posts a picture of their coffee and a sunrise on Facebook and puts like hashtag blessed, I definitely roll my eyes every time I see that. Or, uh, or if they post a picture, a selfie of them like volunteering somewhere, hashtag blessed to be a blessing, like that's terrible, okay? This is terrible. We get it. You're, you're, you're serving. You're a good person. Blessed to be a blessing. Here's the thing, though. Today, in today's Jesus story, uh, Jesus uses the word blessed eight times in a matter of like 30 seconds. Uh, he basically gives us eight things, eight conditions, eight practices that will help us lead a blessed life. And before we get to that story, I think it's worth asking what the word blessed really means. Uh, So you might know that the words of Jesus were originally written down in different languages. So Jesus spoke Aramaic, and most of the New Testament is written in Greek. And so for us to get to know what was written, to understand, it had to be translated into English. And in the translation we're going to read today, uh, Jesus uses the word blessed. Uh, but it would be equally accurate to translate the original word into the word happy. Okay, so to be blessed in this context means to be happy. So what makes you blessed? What makes you happy? That's the question that we're going to talk about today. Uh, This is the million-dollar question. Uh, The pursuit of happiness is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, It comes very natural to most of us. Uh, It's something that most of humanity has in common. We want to be happy. And we look for happiness or comfort almost everywhere we go. And all day long, companies are trying to sell us things to make us happy. This new amazing phone, this faster car, this bigger house, this... Thing, this thing will make you happy. We're constantly told that, but what makes you happy is very rarely a what at all. Whats get old. Whats become obsolete. Whats are constantly needing to be replaced with new whats, shinier, fancier, faster whats. Happiness is not tied to a what. Happiness is almost always tied. To a who. In 2016, I was part of the crew of firefighters who stayed behind to fight the Horse River fire. My shift was working that day, uh, and you, many of you know that story destroyed much of our community. Many of you are still suffering through uh, the, the, those events and the, the ripple of all of that still to this day, but that very first day was intense, as many of us will have remembered. At the front lines of the fire, uh, we were woefully undermanned and underprepared to deal with a disaster of that magnitude. It was, uh, it was huge and beyond anything that we were capable of doing much about. And one of the hardest things for me that very first day was not being able to help my wife and boys evacuate. Uh, I couldn't be there to tell them that everything was going to be okay. I couldn't cup their scared faces in my hands and tell them that they were safe with me. Uh, I wasn't able to be a dad or a husband that I had promised I would be. But Adrian got the mowl out safely. If you've met my wife, she don't need no man. and late that very first night uh, I had a quick reprieve I went to the house to grab uh, some clothes underwear actually funny story my wife packed up all of my underwear and took it with her when she evacuated so that was that was not great (laughs) but that first night I stood in the house trying to collect some important things and the house was dark and I stood in the hallway and I called my wife and she, she answered, it was I think the second time we talked that day, and I said, I'm here in the house, what do I need to grab? Like what, I don't know if our house is going to be here in the morning, I don't know if we're going to lose all of this stuff. What's important? What do I need to save? Anything we need to save? And there was a pause, and the answer was no. Because everything that mattered to me, everything that could make me happy, had been safely tucked into a bed 400 kilometers away. And they were safe. Happiness is never tied to what's. Happiness is almost always tied to who's. God designed happiness so that it would be intrinsically relational between people. And I believe there is something that most happy people have in common. Uh, They are at peace With themselves. They are at peace with the people around them and more often than not they are at peace with God. They take care of the who's in their life more than they care about the what's. They properly manage and nurture relationships and it's these three relationships, ourself, others, and God, that I believe are the key experiencing true and long-lasting happiness. Now, tying happiness to what is not uh, a new mistake, okay? It's been something that people have been doing since the very beginning, and challenging that existing worldview of happiness being tied to what's is the very first thing Jesus addresses in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus stood on a hillside, and people were there to hear this rabbi speak. And he began by telling them that in their pursuit of happiness, they have been doing it all wrong. He said this, and I want, I want us to remember the word blessed could equally and rightly been translated into the word happy. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Persecuted. This does not seem, at first glance, to be a recipe for happiness. These things seem like the opposite of the things that would make you happy. But each of these things does something very specific. It addresses relationships. Your relationships with yourself, your relationships with others, and your relationship with God. And today I'm going to look at each one of those sets of relationships and see if these countercultural words of Jesus can help us find peace and, in turn, happiness. So there are eight of these phrases. We're going to look at all eight. Each one probably deserves like a whole 30 minute message all by itself. So I'm just going to blast through them uh, so we can all get to lunch because I know you guys don't skip no lunches. So, first in our steps to happiness how to be at peace with yourself last summer i was sitting on the couch in the house when my nine-year-old son justice uh, came walking in the front door and he had this huge grin on his face which obviously made me suspicious and so i asked him hey what's got you in such a good mood and he held out his hand and smiled and it was full of change and he said dad i just made 19 dollars And I was a little confused, and so I said, how how did you make 19 dollars? And it turns out that apparently for the last hour, he had been standing on the street corner with his guitar, with his guitar case open on the ground, playing music, and people were putting money in his guitar case. Now here's the thing, he doesn't know how to play guitar, (laughs) like not a single note. But people were giving him money, and so in his mind, this convinced him that he's a good guitar player, right? Self-awareness is a gift, but it is also a curse. When you are self-aware, you can improve. You know that you can do better. You have a good idea of what you're good at and when you're not so good at. The, the happiest people have a healthy and honest relationship with themselves. They aren't oblivious of their weaknesses, but they also don't beat themselves up for them either. This is what Jesus is getting at in uh, this sermon when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom in heaven. He's saying happy are people who know that they are in need. Blessed is the person who knows that without God they can do nothing. Happy is the person who accepts that they desperately need the help and the care and the love of God. Knowing what you lack is the very first step in discovering what you need. The poor in spirit are not too proud to think they can do it on their own. They are not too proud to admit that they are not perfect. Being at peace with yourself is knowing the truth about yourself and being okay with it. You are not perfect. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to trip and to fall. Happy people acknowledge this truth about themselves and understand that God loves them anyways. Jesus went on. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Happy are those who mourn. This doesn't seem like it makes sense. Mourning is not a happy thing. It doesn't feel good. But mourning is so important with being at peace with yourself. You know I, I'm the type of person this is not prescriptive don't do this I'm the type of person who like puts my pain and like my hurt I put it in a box an emotional box and then I put it on an emotional shelf and then I ignore it and I keep putting boxes on that shelf and then one day that shelf becomes too heavy and it falls over it's a disaster it's not a great way to be uh, this don't do that don't be like me um, the, the summer after the fire, uh, I hate talking about the fire. Just quickly again, summer after the fire, I was a little bit of a mess. Uh, I was impatient with my kids. I was distant from my wife. Um, I was angry all the time, and eventually, I found myself on the couch of a counselor, and I told her, "I just, I don't know what is wrong with me, but I know something is wrong. I am unhappy." I am angry. And I told you earlier that one of the things uh, that was hardest for me during EVAC was that I couldn't be the father and the husband that I was meant to be. I was absent. I wasn't there when they needed me. And after a few sessions with this counselor, uh, with this amazing lady, I was able to discover that I was carrying that deep shame around with me. And I had to steer head first into that pain. I had to address it, and I had to mourn. Getting the help to do that was one of the smartest decisions that I ever made. Unless you are willing to mourn your loss, to name your pain, you won't ever experience comfort. You won't be able to find internal peace. Jesus went on, This one relates to our relationship with ourselves as well. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are the ones who suffer at the hands of others. It's hard to feel blessed when other people are talking about you behind your back. back. when my little brother Jacob was 18, he was living at home uh, and uh, my parents decided that they were going to rent out one of the rooms in the basement to a commuter and this guy, uh, he was really nice, he was an older gentleman, he was really kind, kept to himself but he did not like my little brother Jacob. Uh, He really liked me though, Um, probably because I didn't live there anymore. But one day, uh, this guy, this commuter, struck up a conversation with Jacob, thinking he was me. So me and Jake look a little bit alike. And so this commuter started talking to Jacob, and he started to complain about Jake to Jake. And telling Jake how lazy Jake is that how entitled he is, how he never helps around the house, and instead of correcting him, my little brother Jake just kept nodding his head and agreeing with everything that this guy was saying. When you are at peace with yourself, when you know your intrinsic worth, when you understand that God created you on purpose, for a purpose, the sharp words of others don't wreck your peace anymore. There is an incredible freedom that comes when you treat yourself with respect and care even when someone else doesn't. Happy people are at peace with themselves. Happy people are also at peace with others. Uh, Most of the teaching that guys like Paul and Peter and James, who was a brother of Jesus, thought was important to pass on to us, uh, to the next generation of Jesus followers, related... To how we treat each other. If you ever read that back half of your Bible, the New Testament, it's almost all about how we treat each other. Uh, for real, it's mostly about being good to the people around you, the people next to you. Have I, I I've ever told you guys that I share an office with my wife? Yeah, I do. We sit about two feet away from each other and being at peace with each other is very important to making that arrangement work Uh, so we set good boundaries uh, so like sometimes I'll kinda just swivel my chair and I'll go to start asking her for something and she'll just put her hand up and say email me (laughs) it's a good healthy boundary being at peace with others is really an integral component of being happy. And so Jesus addresses these sorts of relationships in these next verses when he said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Happy are those who put others before themselves. See, meek people don't normally inherit anything. Meek people get taken advantage of by more assertive or aggressive people. That's because meek people are constantly putting the needs of others ahead of their own personal needs and wants they are more willing to submit to another human per, uh, another person's needs and it can be incredibly rewarding to be meek this is why uh, it's so satisfying to volunteer uh, this is why giving your time and the uh, energy to the benefit of another person often gives you profound gratification happiness is like a boomerang when you give it Uh, you almost always get it back in return. Happy people uh, are meek. They treat others uh, better than themselves. Jesus went on. He said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Uh, Happy are those who uh, didn't earn it. Happy are those who are kind to people who didn't earn it. There's something inside many of us that's a little bit ugly. Uh, When someone screws up, it's this little voice inside that says, well, they got what they deserved. Uh, honest moment I get like this sometimes so everybody is like rooting for Tiger Woods to make this huge comeback after he was this like terrible person uh, and, and I don't I, I struggle I don't want him to succeed I said it I'm sorry okay I'm a terrible person uh, but I, I hope Tiger Woods never wins another tournament for the rest of his life that attitude is so wrong Do not be like me, okay? Uh, God is willing to give all of us all the second chances in the world. And so when we must treat each other in the same way, mercy is uncommon, but it is incredibly powerful. To show mercy to others is to reflect the heart of God in one of the most practical ways you can. He continues talking about our relationships with others when he says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Happy are those who are willing and try to make peace with others. There is a difference in my mind between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Peacekeeping requires a person to kind of manage the causes of conflict, to keep it from boiling over. But peacemaking is working towards actually solving the cause of conflict. It's a lot harder and messier than peacekeeping. Instead of managing the problem, you solve it peacemaking in relationships requires a much deeper investment than simply peacekeeping you have to be willing to get your hands dirty you have to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations when we have hurt someone when someone has hurt us it can hang over our heads as long as we let it it can torment your soul it can disturb your peace and make you unhappy and finding personal peace and happiness may require to us to seek peace with those people. Now, I think this is a big one. So some of you might be picturing a person right now, someone you're not at peace with, someone who hurts you or someone you may have wronged. Let me challenge you a bit to, to be brave, reach out, have the hard conversation, and be a peacemaker. Because when we're at peace with others, we can be happy. We've talked about it often here at Fort City. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, what the most important thing for us to do was, he answered very simply. He told people, love God. And then he said, and the second is like it. The second is equal to the first one. The second is just as important as the first. Love God and love your neighbor. Happy people are at peace with others. Now... As a Christian and as a pastor, uh, I also definitely think that one of the keys to happiness is being at peace with God. Uh, For a lot of us, uh, this one is kind of difficult. What we've heard of God, the way we were raised, maybe the churches that we grew up in have given us this impression that God is this difficult-to-please, distant authority figure. Uh, My dad once told me that growing up, uh, he was as scared of God as he was of the devil, that the nuns made him think that they were both out to get him. Uh, Peace with God isn't a destination we get to. Peace with God is found in the pursuit of him. Let me explain. Jesus used these words this way. He said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Happy are those who pursue the things of God. Now, there is something important here. It doesn't say blessed are those who have achieved righteousness. It doesn't say blessed are those who live perfect lives. It doesn't say blessed are those who have it all together. It says blessed are those who try to live God's way. Blessed are those who set out on a pursuit of God and the things that he wants for them. Blessed are those who are willing to try. Youth of the Mission had their annual golf tournament in June, and one of the holes that had this closest to the pin competition, whoever landed on the green closest to the pin will get a prize, and there was 36 people in that tournament, and not a single person landed on the green that day. Nobody won the prize. Uh, 36 tries, not a single person won that prize, but I guarantee that is not a reflection of how much fun those 36 people had. Because they did, we did have fun playing. And a big part of discovering peace with God is learning that it's the journey of following Jesus that is so important. When you take a hit or stumble or fall, it's okay. You just have to keep get up and keep going and keep trying. It's the journey, not blessed who have made it, blessed who hunger and thirst for it. Jesus went on, this one is really close to the heart of god he said blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god happy are those who are honest with god this is one that would have definitely challenged the people on the hillside listening to jesus that day Uh, for many of them god blessed the ones who said and did good things the pharisees would make sure that people saw them praying They were the ones hashtagging blessed to be a blessing. So everyone knew what good deeds they had been doing. They wanted everyone to see how good they were, how pure their heart was. And Jesus is saying that here to him, it's not what's on the outside that matters. It's what's on the inside that matters. It's who you are and not what you do. Now... I know this has happened to you guys, it happens to me all the time, where you get these random people from your past message you on Facebook and say, hey, how's it going? How's the family? How are things? And then like a sucker, you answer, and then they say, well, oh, that's great. I'm selling this new, insert the blank, oil, calling cards whatever it is, and then you just realize that you've been sucked into a multi-level marketing sales pitch. Now, I can smell those coming from a mile away now. I, I just block people straight off the bat when they start selling me things, but God can sense that disingenuousness in our hearts too. He wants us to be honest with him. He doesn't want you to hide the truth from him. Are you angry with God? He can handle it. Do you feel hurt by him? Let him know. Do you feel alone? He wants to hear all about it. The pure in heart are the ones who don't shy away from being honest with God, who knows he cares, and he puts the the truth in their hearts, and, and they are the ones who find peace with God when you don't hide anything from him. And being at peace with your Creator goes a long way towards helping you know happiness. Happy people are at peace with God. I'm going to close in just a minute. First, I'm going to tell a very brief story. Yesterday was Crystal Blackmore's... uh, birthday party. It was a surprise birthday party. Michael orchestrated it all. Months ago uh, I got the invite uh, and I had never been to their house before Uh, but it was easy to find because the address was listed in the secret Facebook group where we were all invited to. And so I showed up a minute or two late. I know you're not supposed to show up late to a surprise birthday party. I was two minutes late so I was a little nervous and frustrated. And Knock on the door and nobody answers. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, they're all already hiding. Crystal's going to be here any second. And so I open the door, and I walk in. The lights are all off, and everybody's hiding. And so, like, I go upstairs, and I'm looking around. I'm like, should I get behind a curtain or something? Like, I really can't. These people are really good at hiding. And I'm standing there, and then I look at the wall, and it's a family portrait, and it is not Michael and Crystal in the family (laughs) portrait. I was in the wrong house, like all the way in the wrong house. It was pretty terrible and embarrassing. Uh, turns out the wrong address had been posted in the group, so it wasn't all my fault. But when we read these words of Jesus, when we look at the Beatitudes, uh, the That's that's what these eight things are called. When we look at them, his instructions on how to live a blessed life, how to live a happy life, they seem like they're sending us to the wrong address. It seems like his advice won't work. Persecution, submission, poor in spirit, these things, they feel like he's sending us in the wrong direction. But the truth is, he is on to something so very important that being good with yourself, finding peace with the other people in your life, and working on your relationship with Him are all things that lead to a blessed life. These are things that lead to a happy life. And so I'm going to leave you with one small challenge this week, some homework. Okay, we don't always give homework. We're gonna, I'm going to give you some homework. This week, take a moment and ask God which one of these areas would help you discover more peace. Is it your relationship with yourself? Do you carry a lot of shame and guilt? Are you, are you struggling internally? Is it your relationships with other, person, other people? Do you need to become more loving? Is there somebody you've hurt or somebody that's hurt you that you need to reach out to to find peace? Or is it your relationship with God? Do you not really know his heart for you? Do you feel like you would never measure up to what he wants? See a distant judging authority figure. This week I want to take, I want you to challenge you to take a moment to ask God which one of those areas is disturbing your peace and to do something about it. To do something about it. Maybe it means seeking a counselor out. Maybe it means calling that person who's hurt you. Maybe it means opening up your Bible and starting to read and praying to God, asking him to reveal his self to you. Whatever it is this week, I want to encourage you, set aside a time, a moment to ask God to lead you. And maybe, maybe if you seek peace with yourself and others in God, you'll find the happiness that he so desperately wants for you to have. Let's take a minute to pray. Father God, uh, I just thank you for this chance that we have to come to this place to worship you with music and singing, to look at your word, to look at the Bible and see what you have to say, what we can apply to our lives this very day. And Father God, I pray in this room today there are people who are not at peace with themselves. Jesus, I pray that throughout this message and throughout this time that you would do a work on their hearts that you would help them to discover what it means to be content with who you created them to be. And Father God, there are people in this room who are not at peace with the others around them. Father God, I pray you would restore relationships, that you would mend broken friendships, and you would give us the courage that we need to be peacemakers in our relationships. And Father God, there are many of us in this room, myself included, who who struggle with understanding you and your purpose in our lives and our relationship with you could be better. And Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would draw us closer to yourself, that you would uh, reveal yourself to us in a new and amazing way. And Father God, that we would grow in our relationship with you. And Father God, we, don't, and we know that you want us to be happy. And we know that you want us to be at peace. And so we ask that you would guide us along the path towards happiness. I pray this in your holiest of names. Amen.